So I'm rolling and Jonathan's up in a second probably. Yeah. You ready? Okay. Hello and welcome to this uh, sort of impromptu sort of uh, mini episode to discuss the brand new song. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also, I forgot to say that I'm Eric, you are Jonathan, and we have a special guest. We are, we are, and Fergal is back on super short notice, but uh, I am why back. not? Yes, on very not? short notice, but that's the way I like it. Yeah. Eric is actually on his way out, uh, so f- at first I had to do it either solo or um, find someone to do it with. I wouldn't have mind, uh, minded doing it solo. That could be fun You could, you could well, do like one of those reaction videos where they start crying and things. No, no, <laughs> I, I do it. Like, I, I'd be pretentious and do it highbrow, you know, just uh, yeah. s- uh, strings in the background, welcome to Culture Corner with Jonathan or something like uh, that. So you're wearing a tweed suit and you're having like cognac and going... I'm a podcaster, but I'm not a YouTuber. I, I don't do this kind of... No. Hey everybody, shout out to, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, now we're, who are you now speaking we're here. to? Yeah. <laughs> we are here now in this uh, fine hall of fine culture. Yeah. So, uh, how was it for you guys going into the song? Well, me and Eric had this little pact, we're not going to listen to it, we're going to wait, the album is on its way anyway, we have a date, etc. So we, we thought we could have that strength. But then Met- Metal Hammer teased that 1pm thingy. Mm. And already then, Eric was going to, ah, I'm going to listen. <laughs> me too. Like, yeah, no, I'm going to listen. Yeah, <laughs> like, say, fuck, it's fuck quite the, the turnaround for you anyway, Jonathan, for, where you weren't going to listen and now you're doing a podcast about it. So that's like right, right, right. And I've listened, I, li- I listened to it three times in a row as well, the first time in the hi-fi system with a friend. Um, so, yeah. But how did you feel going in to listen to the song? Did you feel like, uh, here we go, just, just no problem? Or was it some kind of anxiety involved in it, being a new Maiden track and all? I thought... Um, I'd seen some interviews or not, sorry, reviews for the th- this, the album. And I thought the lines that they quoted, how do you read a madman's mind? Teach me the art of war. I was certain that was going to be the chorus. And then when Bruce started singing that in a kind of hushed tones at the start, I was like, okay, this isn't what I was expecting at all. Because I was hearing him sing, teach me the art of war in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> and worked out last that. time. Yeah, it worked out last time. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, So I was taken by surprise at the, with the start of the song anyway. So before, yeah. but before you hit play, did oh, you have sorry. any preconceptions at all, or what, was it just like open, open mind? Ah, was just like, it was just like I guess you wanted that chorus, right? Maybe that was your preconception. That was my the, preconception, yeah. yeah. And then when it started playing, I was actually in a busy shopping center, so I couldn't really hear it properly. It wasn't the best time to listen ah, to it. Oh, come on, man! You gotta be ritualistic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I uh, before I listened to it, I was like, I, I, I just kind of thought, I know, I know this is gonna be good. Maybe it was the title of the song or something. But uh, I like the song titles on this album. They inspire hope uh, that the mm-hmm. songs are gonna be good. They're, yep. they're odd, unusual song titles, and that's one of them. And uh, I was, I, op- I was optimistic about it. I love getting song titles in advance. It's yeah. great. That's, that's really like all I need. I don't want reviews in advance. I've stayed away from those because that's a bit too much for me information-wise before hearing it. But okay, Eric, what did you feel prior to listening? Well, I was also not at home when it dropped and I knew there was no chance I was going to, especially since what I was off to do yesterday did involve uh, alcohol, meaning that uh, I, I realized that, well, either I do it now or I'm going to do it later. So I might as well do it now. So I was, I was actually on a train listening to it. And... Um, it was funny because, I mean, 
what, what, I, I was smiling inside. I, I must look really weird because two separate people asked, asked, asked me if something was wrong with me, if I was okay. <laughs> uh, and I said, well, I mean, I mean, depends what you mean, but sure. Um, Good when that happens. Yeah, yeah, but it was more of a kind of like, why are you smiling at me? And it was like, you know, is that, like, is no, that, no, it's no, good no, for no, you, no. you know, it's good for you, not for them. They're they're just weirded out. Well, it could have been bad for me if the because one of the guys was not was not happy about it. Um, Starting to fight with you, well, almost <laughs> a messy out. This one. No, but so so I was I, I but I would have been like when we did the uh, riding on the wall. Well, to be fair, for, yeah, to be fair, we didn't know it was coming then. But um, yeah, it's always kind of nervous listening to a new maiden. Uh, track, but this one made me, you know, it uh, it put I was put to ease very quick, very quickly upon hearing it. Okay. Uh, you know, it just it's it's. I mean, no, it's, it's not trailblazing by any stretch of the imagination. It sounds like you would expect, and that's what I kind of wanted. Uh, I think I would have been nervous if it was completely. I mean, I know there's going to be a, two tra- a few tracks on this album that are uh, different from what we're used to. They, they've said this much. Yep. But I would have been. I'm glad that the second thing they released was pretty. You know, b- business as usual. But still a different flair, I would say. So my my version of this was mm. first then leaving the pact instantly <laughs> upon yeah, the first yeah. upon the first light of, of anything, any indication of, of a song. I, <laughs> I, did, I, I, I did. I did. I did. I waited for the literal countdown on their page, then I just did it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I talked to a friend. He was at the office, uh, uh, one of the lawyer metal friends that I have, strangely enough. And I, mm. I said, uh, let, "You could come over after work. We could listen to it and turn it into a little party. Uh, put the." A good system on loud volume and getting ready listening to i think a couple of sides of vinyl before just to warm up the ears and then so it was very very perversely ritualistic i would say and then when it started actually i i had the probably the same grin as you had through the whole song i was just <laughs> yeah and i was just telling, telling my friend this is this is maiden yeah. yeah that's it this is maiden and not that it's a i don't think it's a super typical maiden but it's so clearly this band right yeah. And it's just, no one else could do this. No one else could no. sound like this. And no. Probably never will. So I had that kind of, you know, I, I said that about Wicker Man before. That, that kind of feeling like, ah, oh, I love this band. Mm. You know, yeah. They're, not, they're none like them out there. No. And I like this song too. It's a good song. We'll get into the details, I guess. There we go. First thing I noticed was this uh, slightly evil intro. Mm. But still, still heavy metal. But it has that tritonous color to it, which reminds me of maybe a little bit of ninety Sabbath. Sabbath, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe. To me, it kind of yeah. sounds a bit like Different World at the start. I thought. Yeah, like, kind of. Yeah. The tempo, the tempo, the tempo, definitely. Yeah. But the riff, I, I find way cooler than than that riff. For me, you know, for my taste, it's a bit more evil. So many two thousands, post two thousands riffs come into my mind when I hear that, though. Kind like, of sinister. It's like a, a composite of like songs from Brave New World through um, Book of Souls. Like, it just, it yeah. sounds like Iron Maiden from that era, really, like, strongly. Now, the, 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 um, the verse has been debated a bit. Some people don't like it. I love it. But uh, love funnily it. enough, like, uh, Hendrix's prediction was a girl song, then Bruce is going to sing on top of a guitar melody. And sure but, as hell, that's what happened. He, he does do that, but... Uh, an octave lower. Yeah. Which was it's a good choice. Very good choice. Because then you have the dynamic for this thing. Yeah. You know. That wouldn't yeah. have been as dynamic had no. he sang in that octave all the way. I think that's yeah. a brilliant choice. And also, I like that those stabs are short. That now, this this is the bit here where I got, like, this, the smile was this big, yeah. and I just, like, had to... I was, like, people really looked Same. at me. Same. The, cor- the, cor- the chorus is fucking... I love it. It has a D.O. quality, this yeah. pre-chorus, yeah. I think. This bit here is, like... 
Yeah. So are we calling this the pre-chorus rather than the chorus? Because I'm. This I is know, the chorus. This, I think this, this is the chorus. Because there's the a bit after this, before. which also could be the chorus. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, this is the chorus for me anyway, uh, and it reminds me of only the good die young a little bit, which yeah. I love. Mm. They has a gallop and uh, an eighties vibe, and the pre-chorus, uh, as I said, is a bit dio to me, which I also love, obviously. Bit, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say a bit rainmakery here for me actually. Uh, a friend of True. mine pointed yeah. this out, and then when I really listened to it, I was like, yeah, that is kind of like the rainmaker. It's a bit of that um, melancholy in, in the melo- in the melodic language, and then the, you hear you have the post-chorus then, or what you thought was the chorus. Well, well, it was the first couple of times I listened, I was looking for the chorus, actually, and I couldn't find it. Uh, mm. It wasn't it was like the writing on the wall. It was like, which bit am I, which is the hook? I couldn't find the hook, but it, it, it's very hooky. It's just not in your face hooky, I think. Yeah. There's also m- many hooks, you know, which is, uh, to me, a testament of good songwriting. Yeah. yeah. Now, the, the, the one thing I, I do immediately had a problem with, and it gets better. I mean, it's not as much a problem now, but I had the same problem with Brave New World. No, I'm sorry, uh, Book, Book of Souls is a sort of latter, sort of latter half Kevin Shirley mixing. The vocals are really low. Um, you know, it's hard to fucking hear what he's singing, and that's never used to be a problem. He has a very, you know, in the old stuff, you could, you know, incredibly easy to figure what he's singing. Yeah. Um, Fergal is on board with you on that one, I'm sure. I am, and I had to read the lyrics on a website, like to to catch the actual words. Um, yeah. I'm actually, I'm I'm often surprised how quickly the, the lyrics end up on these websites, yeah. and I'm like, how can you hear it the way I can't hear? It? You know what I mean? Like you can you can yeah. hear it clearly enough to write the lyrics because they're all these just websites made by fans or whoever I assume. Um, so yeah, I find it hard to hear what he's saying as well. Yeah. We got the solo here. Yeah, the power slave part now. Yeah. This is the only part of the song that is dragged out. And I like that it's dragged out. It gives a certain tomb-like vibe, you know. Ancient tomb riff. Yeah, from the, from the solo tr- through this part reminds me of Ghost of the Navigator, actually. That too, yeah. It's a pretty hard-hitting song, this one. It has a bit of a, that sinister intro yeah. and the, the overall punchy song, which I would have expected. And again, Henrik's prediction that he's going to sing on the guitar melodies is all through this song. But yeah, normally, yeah. I, normally I've, I've said before, I don't like when they do the unison guitar and singing, but it works really well in this song. Yeah, but it wouldn't have it worked very, wouldn't have worked as good if he was doing the high notes like he usually would have done. Yeah, exactly. It would have been fatiguing, right? Yeah. For him and me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the multi-track vocals uh, at that part we just listened to there. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of lacking on Riding on the Wall. Yeah, I could have done some of that there, yeah. And then this riff is just badass, I think. It's quite sinister. It's sinister in an active way, you know. And then you get the Seventh Sun ending. Kinda. There we go. Yeah, that's Maiden. So, yeah. I was going to comment on the vocal mix as well. I'm a bit strange in that regard. I, when I listen to like loud music that is supposed to be loud. Uh-huh. Like hard rock, for example. Heavy metal, for example. I like the vocal to be a bit low because then I feel that it sounds louder to me. Like the singer is trying to overpower those amps. 
Uh, obviously, I know that it doesn't really work like that. In, in yeah. reality, you can mix shit, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but for me, the impression I get, uh, if the vocals are a bit low, is that it sounds more powerful to me, the overall picture. But also, like when I started listening to music for a couple of years, it was strictly instrumental. Yeah. So I know that I'm a bit weird in this sense. That is weird. How did that happen? You want, you, indeed, you are weird. What's wrong <laughs> yeah, with you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I don't know who's most weird, though, in this room at this moment. Uh, I think it's toss-up. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah, my moments. I dabble in weirdness. <laughs> Confusing people since 1983. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I, um, I like low vocal mixes, but I also I hear the criticism, and I think it's valid. Uh, it might be a bit too low. I think the problem people have is that we didn't used to have this. So if you listen to Aces High, you, you hear Bruce yeah, yeah. more than almost anything in the mix. Yeah. And yeah. Obviously, that's just a random song I plucked out of thin air, wasted years or something. Like it's so prominent in the mix, and that, even even in Brave New World, and yeah, Dance and Death. on Brave New World, it didn't start happening until Dance of Death, and really, I think a matter of life and death for, for to my ears. I think for a matter of life and death is when it really started happening. For, yeah. for, for me, for me, oh. it, it's uh, it's really it got. I noticed it uh, on. Uh, Book of Souls is when I really noticed it. Yeah, and I liked it on that one. But again, I have I have a weird uh, yeah. uh, taste for that. Yeah, but so for, yeah, so for, for me that almost kind of I got like when I got that sort of depressed me when I first heard Book of Souls. Like, oh, this sucks. So, you know, you know, it was for me it was very new that I could. It's the first time I couldn't really fucking hear what they were singing. He was singing, and that was kind of depressing because like you know it's such, uh, you know the lyrics obviously being such a big part of the whole. Yeah. Thing and then 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 now that I know the words I, I know them you know then 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 I at least then I can I guess my you know I, I now I hear what he's singing but you know it's like for this thing I know I know admittedly I was on the train and I wasn't I didn't have great headphones but I could not fucking hear what he was saying the first time around now I kind of can but also I know the words sort of now doesn't help yeah. sometimes that Steve Harris puts in these kind of odd things either he writes more lyrics and Bruce cuts them out but there's lines like hear me listen my call that, like that doesn't even really make sense grammatically no. Um, no. so when you're trying to pick out lyrics out of a song like uh, Steve's songs I find are littered with those things and I'm wondering did he write hear me listen to my call and Bruce is like I'm not singing that that sounds stupid uh, so he just goes hear me listen my call so there are things like that are hard to pick out as well I find mm, yeah 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 just kind of trying to make it fit. Actually, that's another thing that I'm okay with, actually, that you can write a lyric and not sing all of the words in it yeah. out of m musical convenience, you know. For example, Devin Townsend does a lot of this. He writes a... Com actually, yeah, I, he's done a bit of that, but there are other examples anyway, you know, that you first you you find the, the, mu the instrument of your vocals and then you kind of adapt the lyrics to that, but you still print out the full lyric. Yeah, that's okay in my world. I have to say, the sands of time me for running low. I, I mixed the, I fucked that whole thing up. <laughs> Insert the correct one. Me good English to speak. Listen, <laughs> my call. Listen, my call. <laughs> Listen, my call. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, so yeah. Yeah, apparently, apparently, this is very strong. Um, yeah. So yeah, I got, I got head out. Um, yeah, I mean, but, in your defense, this was uh, ad hoc for you. You were supposed to be doing something else already. And I, and I, I will be doing something else soon, but yeah. not. But this is fun. Fergal, me and Fergal are going to go ahead and... Um, yeah, keep going, keep going, and yeah. I'll, look, I'll look, for, I listen, look forward to hearing the rest at some point. All right. All right, All right. take Eric. care. See you, Eric. See you soon. Bye. Okay, here we go. Then there were two. Where? And there are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, overall, I really liked it. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm finding, you're obviously a musician. I'm finding that, and I should have asked before Eric left there, but I'm finding that a lot of people are really unhappy about the production, but... I was having a conversation slash argument on Twitter about it yesterday, and I said, um, to me, a good song can always rise above bad production. Do you, do you agree with that? Completely agree with that. And also, 
I'm very interested in production uh, on a level that it's, for me, it's not like um, you can't compete in production. It's very artistic in, in my world. It's as artistic as how you sing or how you play. So I love sounds. Uh, I don't think it's like, for me, it's not business standard that should be met or anything. It's all about the uh, the art of it, the sound of it. And I, I happen to love this sound. I think it sounds great. Uh, very open, uh, not very squeezed or mushed together. Uh, a bit low vocal, I would say as well. I would have put it higher. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be arguments, right? Uh, I've seen mixed reactions to this song. Like I saw Paul, do you like it or not? And it was 65% like it, 35% I don't like it. Yeah. So I, I think it's a bit more divisive in that way, which it doesn't surprise me. And this time it doesn't face me as well. It's quite nice. It feels like bulletproof for me. Like uh, my opinion is going to stay and you're free to have your opinion. Sometimes it could annoy me. It could be a bus kill, you know. Yeah. But this bus, this bus can't be killed, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a, I had a bit of a buzz kill myself. So somebody who I've had on my podcast, uh, he's in a band and he put up on his own Facebook page there yesterday. Um, he called the song a load of shite. <laughs> and I was like, okay. how can okay. you say that? Like, I mean, how can you reduce something like that to a, such a like dismissive sentence? And I, I was just disappointed in him, actually, because I like him. And he, he has generally uh -huh. sound opinions. But I was like, it's calling something a load of shite. It's just, it's just poor criticism for a start. And then also it's, it's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually objectively wrong, yeah. that one. And I always stress the fact that it's, this is all subjective stuff that we're talking about yeah. uh, in general in this pod, but that's objectively wrong. It's not a load of shite, come on. Like, you, you, you have a bad day, you need to get some fun into your life, it sounds like. Yeah, well, he has a, a song coming out today, actually, as well. And he was like, if you thought that was good, then this will blow your tiny little minds or something like that. And come I went, tiny on. little minds, please. Come like, you're, you're better than that. Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in my darkest hour, maybe I could have... Uh, slurred out something like that but that's you know this is stupid no, <laughs> that's stupid there, there's quite a lot of that on twitter though like it I, you probably hang out around the same people that i do on twitter um which are generally quite positive towards iron maiden but there's pockets of people who are very negative and it's all yep. usually to do with the production um and to me it's like but do you I, I often want to say do you like the song though i know it's bad production in your opinion but do you like the song like cause to me they're two different things yeah yeah Actually, I agree with that. And then I also think it's the same thing. So it's two different things entirely, but also they come together. So for example, uh, uh, a certain type of production could be really bad in a song, mm. but really good in another song. Like uh, I'm very against the idea of a business standard or, you know, that kind of thing. And I think some metalheads, I mean, all metalheads are a bit nerdy, but some, they nerd into this kind of uh, measuring type thing, you know, it, it, this doesn't measure to that, or this doesn't measure to that. And I'm very against that. I think everything is uh, a very unique, a holistic picture that needs to work for itself. Definitely. And not by comparison to other, you know, bra uh, business standard stuff. So, so I don't agree with those points, but I, again, like this time I've been very, I've been very fine with opinions. Like some of my friends uh, love it, some don't, and it's been fine for some reason. Like I, I feel the buzz can't be killed at this point. I'm <laughs> yeah, very so you said. Uh, one funny thing I noticed yeah. was one person who was criticizing the production very strongly was wearing a Motorhead on Parole t-shirt in his profile picture. It's one of the most poorly <laughs> produced albums of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, do you apply the same standards to the t-shirt you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But I guess that's also a good example of my, uh, my ethos there. That I think uh, that Motorhead, of course, should have uh, a roar sound than, for example, Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, but uh, they have they're a bit hit and miss actually. Motred, like one of my favorite albums, Another Perfect Day. Sadly, it sounds shit on vinyl. I don't know why. Mm. It saddens me. I bought like an English import and <laughs> really happy to have it, and then it doesn't sound good. So I remember the conversation yeah. about that being poorly produced or sounding bad as well. Yeah, something I don't really pick up on that much. Like I pick up more on the melody than the production, but sometimes it's it's yeah. impossible not to notice as well. But that's a good point too, because I think if the production is good, it's going to strengthen the melody. So even if you listen for the melody uh, and don't care about production, you're going to get more of what you want if the production is done right for that song or for that melody. And yeah, okay, here it's a bit hidden at points. Uh, definitely the vo- words are a bit hidden. But I think the song comes across uh, still very clearly, and uh, I was surprised by the arrangement, that it's so effective. Because uh, recent Maiden, that's not really their thing. They, they like to drag things out. And yeah. this song, is, this is on, only the, the pre-part for the last chorus that's dragged out. Yeah, The yeah. rest of it is super effective all the way through. Like pop effective, you know. Yeah, of course. And uh, I don't know, you're, you're avoiding interviews with band members, are you? Uh, avoiding? Yeah, no, no. I, I look at the interviews. I just don't look at reviews that go through the whole thing. All right, okay. So Bruce did one there. And he was talking about how, how Steve likes to drag things out. Um, I thought it was funny he was being so blunt about it. Like, but, uh, yeah, yeah, same here. I, I reacted to that because I, I've seen that before, that uh, he takes his opportunity to, because he can't criticize Steve, obviously, uh, yeah. in, in within the band. So he takes his opportunity. <laughs> it was so clearly a jab at Steve. I enjoyed wasn't it. it. <laughs> wasn't it? And he's like, we both like Jetro Toll, but I like the more folky stuff from the the earlier days. And Steve yep, likes these yep. really long, proggy things like Tick as a Brick. And I was like, that's such a jab. Such a jab. Yeah. Even Adrian said, uh, I think it was around A Matter of Life and Death, actually, that he said that you got to be tactful in the studio. And then he added some more than others. Oh, okay. That's also clearly a jab, you know. You gotta be tactful unless you're Steve. Then there's zero tact to be to be. Yeah, had. yeah. no, this is how it sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how, how the song it. goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it must be a hard boss, but uh, hey, he's the boss of Iron Maiden, so. Well, there has to be one. Like democracies don't work in bands. We've seen this before. Uh, it just yeah. doesn't. You need a you need a benevolent dictator. Yeah, unless you're a rush, probably. Well, okay, fair enough, I suppose. But like, but the, even then, Neil Peart wrote all the lyrics, basically, didn't he? So. Yeah, but uh, he he did it because the other guys didn't like writing lyrics. Okay. Yeah. And, they, and then they found him and they said, like, he reads books all the time. He's always reading books, so let's put the lyrics on this guy. Sure. Which worked out well. But there are also the three nice nerdy Canadians, so they can make it work without a dictatorship. But uh, I don't think if angry Brits, you know, they, I don't think they can. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different breed. I like the what we've established as the chorus now. Uh, that's my favorite part, and the, the lyrics there are actually quite good. I just have them here in front of me. I'm just kind of, um, mm-hmm. ocean is black, the devil's track, looking beyond beneath the sea. Like I don't really know what it's about, but I like some of the phrases in it uh, definitely. Um, and I hear you calling my name, come to claim my life again. The melody there is so strong, and Bruce's vocal is so strong as well. Um, and like uh, Eric was saying there, when I properly did listen to it, I was on the bus home from town, and I was sitting there smiling as well. Uh, and yeah. with these things, I put them on repeat, and I just listened to it a billion times. Like, And um, that was the bit that was really, like each time it came around, I was like, yes, this is it. This is Iron Maiden right here. Yeah. Right, right. That's a good feeling. And uh, I had my friend over, I played it, and then I told him, I'm going to play it immediately again, mm. uh, without question. And then after that, he said, okay, let's listen to Riding on the Wall, and then we can play it again. <laughs> so uh, we listened to enough. it three, three times. And uh, normally, I'm not the guy that rewatches movies. I, I don't binge on one song, but uh, these two songs that have been released, 
they have they haven't really faded upon replays rather the opposite like uh, they, they settle upon replaying them and i feel good so yeah same here what, what was your favorite part um i like the verse because it's odd and i've seen mixed opinions on it uh, that kind of the melody is a bit out of their normal language uh, and also the fact that we addressed before that he he hits it uh, an octave lower than the guitar mm. which is a good choice and then you have those stabs uh, I don't know the lyrics for them. Maybe you have them in front of you when, you know, when he stabs into a higher octave. For I have not a mortal soul. Is that the bit you're talking about? You are, uh, it should be, right? It should be. That you already know. I like that line as well. For I have not a mortal soul. Um, yeah. He's immortal. And they, they kind of do it in stabs, uh, about five seconds, max maximum. And I like that because, again, if it had been, if it would have been on A Matter of Life and Death, he would have been on that high note for minutes. Yeah. And, and and I get fatigued from that, I have to say. Like, that's my main issue with Later Maiden is that he should have brought himself back a bit, maybe do a bit of the spoken word-ish vocal. Uh, example being Moonchild. Like, yeah. I am he. Do you think that's gone, though? Moonchild. Like, I, I, I think that's not in his repertoire anymore, personally. Seems so. And it's my main criticism of, like, Millennia Era Maiden, that he always sings. I mean, obviously he should sing. He's Bruce Dickinson. But I like when he does the semi-speaking vocal in earlier albums. He just... Uh, yeah rattles out the words or whatever you want to say about that like uh, i am he the boneless one yeah yeah, yeah. it's more I about like, the rhythm as well um as long as it doesn't go too far into that like fear of the dark every song he's like barking them at you but um I, it reminds me of a way now not in the not at the same level but axel rose is kind of a bit like that as well and that he can't get that biting gritty uh harsh sounding vocal mm, from welcome yeah. to the jungle anymore like he hits it maybe one one out of ten times and um, it ends up sounding like this Mickey Mouse, really high octave, weird kind of vocal. And I don't think right, Bruce isn't right. there yet at all. But I think he's starting to lose the the biting, gritty kind of stuff. I can't remember how he sung Moonchild on the Made in England tour. I must go back and actually have a, a look at that. But I, th- I feel yeah. he's lost that kind of rasp. A bit, yeah. And maybe it's grating or like taxing on your vocal abilities to do that. And uh, because Bruce is very smart, actually, with um, uh, conserving energy and stamina, he's really good at that. And mm. I like that because, you know, the role he plays, the role he feels is like the role of a conquering hero. And he's actually a, a human, you know. Mm-hmm. But I like that he's very smart about this. He's found ways to reach the higher notes without uh, uh, straining himself. Yeah. live uh, very smart actually like uh, it's a lot of cheating but uh, most people can't tell but do, do you know what i wish i wish he would sing some more songs and i know it's not really up to him obviously because lots of people write them but i wish he would sing some more songs in the style that um a tyranny of souls is sung in. that's my mm. favorite singing from him ever and i just think he's perfectly suited to the keys and the octaves or whatever of all of those songs and, and mm. as a result the vocal performance is so strong i wish he yeah. could do that in iron maiden uh, his solo stuff is brilliant, actually. I think he gets enough um, liberty or freedom to to actually go for what he does best. Mm. Uh, in Maiden, he has to be Iron Maiden. He has to front Iron Maiden. And of course, he wasn't there for the first eight years or seven years either, so it's not his band. He's a vocalist in Steve's band. <laughs> <laughs> tactful in the studio. But uh, from what I've heard so far from the coming albums and Jutsu, it seems like he's... Um, He's taking it down a notch, uh, and I'm not speaking about the mix here. I'm speaking about the intensity of it, yeah. and I like that. I like that. Uh, it's like one of my main issues with uh, heavy metal in general, heavy metal at large, is that sometimes it pushes too hard all the time. 
yeah. uh, dy- dynamically. And I mean, I say that as a death metal fan, so that's kind of contradictive, but I always contradict myself anyway. <laughs> but but with heavy metal, to me, it's, it's based in folk music. It's based in a kind of, uh, you have to be dynamic. And Maiden is a fairly dynamic band, but they lost a bit of that, I think, in the 2000s. And now I'm hearing Bruce laying back a little bit more, relaxing and working with the dynamics, like the stabs I addressed in the in the verse yeah. when he goes up. Smart, smartly done. You know, to me it sounds way more effective than the band I know as Iron Maiden. I know them as a not super effective band, more like a a brilliant band, my favorite band. But sometimes things go on for too long or it's too high all the time. Yeah. And here I feel some kind of uh, coming of age in this. Yeah, album. yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. So, so far, it seems like he's more comfortable in this song than he was in writing on the wall. He doesn't, t- to my ears, I don't hear him struggling here, uh, which is good. And hopefully, there's more of that on the album. Yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, I, I love the vocal track in writing on the wall. Uh, I've tried to sing it a few times. Uh, it's, it's low enough for me, mm. but I, I can't do the verses because there's a word, some words that he's doing that kind of. <laughs> I don't know how to describe <laughs> that, like vagabonds. Uh, yeah. That word, I, I can't pitch it. So I guess that's what you mean, maybe with the struggling a bit. I just think I find his voice gets slightly weaker on some of the words in Writing on the Wall because he's at the limit of his range. And I didn't find that here. Um, and there's a bit of that on maybe A Matter of Life and Death as well. And thinking of the last bit in The Legacy, um, for an example, which is one of my favorite bits ever of any Myron Maiden song. But I feel, I feel he was really at the limit of his range. And I didn't get that feeling here that he was at the limit yeah. of his range. My best example of this fatigue that I get is like the end of uh, Different World, when he just goes for that super high part, double the length, and it, uh, I, I, I can't really stand it, actually. I do like the tune, but they should have arranged that differently, dynamically, some way, and I, it wouldn't have been as, as hard for me to listen to, and probably way easier to sing as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm feeling a coming of age, and these guys are rockers, so I guess they come of age late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, when you're in a rock band, you're just pretending you're still a teenager for, well, in this case, about 50 years. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And uh, I did listen to the interview that you addressed, and in that one, they addressed the Time Machine as uh, the most weird song on the album. So now I'm super looking forward to Time Machine. Yeah. Like, like I, a weird song. It's going to be proggy. It's going to be experimental. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm very happy. To. I'm fascinated by that. I'm still fascinated by Death of the Celts. I said that in one of your earlier episodes. And what yeah. I've read now since is a uh, very intriguing. Well, the people said Clansman Part 2 or whatever. But um, That was my reaction too, on the title, that is. Uh, but yeah, I'm really intrigued by that. I, did, I thought his comments were hilarious about the time machine. He's like, where would you go back to? He's like, oh, you know, the resurrection of Christ. <laughs> I'd, I'd stand <laughs> outside waiting. It had been a terrible way to spend Easter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. It was very, very witty. Uh, very witty. Yeah, it's very heavy metal to be crucified. Is yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, that was yeah. I was just gonna say, I reckon this is all we're gonna get now. It's just uh, it's gone, we're gonna just have to wait for the rest of the album, unless they do something mad. It's great, it's two weeks, it's so little, you know. I know, yeah, it's it's nothing really. Two weeks passes by in the blink of an eye, um, yep, especially when you're sitting at home working from home and one day leads into the next and you don't even realize what day it is. And we're, we're the same age, sort of, and we have noticed that life goes very quickly already. Compared to when you're seven or eight and the summer is eternal, you know. We've had this conversation, I believe, when we were drunk, maybe. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I've had that drunken conversation with many people over I, the years. I, one of my friends actually had a theory on that a few years ago where he was saying, um, 
obviously though your life seems quicker when you're older because it represents a much smaller fraction of your overall life whereas yeah. when you're eight years old your summer holidays of two months is a much larger fraction of your overall life we were drinking and we we're in a hostel and my mind was blown uh, yeah and that's the theory i also use yeah for that it's the most sound theory i think it makes the most sense and it's also like uh, you can even do it n numerically or uh, what's the word uh, uh, you can quantize it, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's easy to gra grasp that. There could be other things as well that are harder to grasp, but I think that's the most clear explanation. That makes it interesting to see Maiden doing uh, the break in between uh, Book of Souls and this album is longer than the break in between Bruce and Bruce coming back in the 90s. Oh my God, is that, yeah. is that true? <laughs> yeah, that he was out for mental. a short time. Right, right. Wow. That, I, I hadn't heard anyone say that before. That That is shocking. Yeah, yeah, I remember the same shock when I realized that my first mating gig was closer to uh, Number of the Beast than uh, present day. So uh, oh. I saw them two. I saw them two thousand, and then uh, I think I realized in twenty nineteen or something that okay, now it's actually longer in between me seeing them the first time and me seeing them first time and Number of the Beast being released. Crazy. Oh, mine is mine is two thousand and three, so it's not quite there yet. But yeah, it's not far off either. That was a cool set, really good set on that tour. My second time seeing that. 2003? Yeah. Yeah, the um, Give Me Ed. Yep, yep, very cool. And a nice summer yeah. set. Okay, another favorite part of the song for me, the intro, I like it a lot. I think it's it has a brooding, sinister vibe to it that Maiden often shies away from. They're a bit more bright and, you know, a bit more heroic, where this intro sounds a little bit introspective and it gives me a sign of the cross vibe uh, uh, tonally, but not in rhythmically then. Yeah, I've written down X Factory here. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's crazy how many different parts and albums and songs just came flooding into my head. And it, I don't mean this in a way that they're ripping themselves off or being like right. it's repetitious or whatever, but it's just, there's, there's such a body of work there now that I'm just finding so many different aspects of their previous work in where they are now in their career. And, and it's great. And when you, when you pick up things like that, you're like, everything you've done up until this point has led you here. And I can hear that. And that's brilliant. And you're, and you're yeah. still developing on it. Like, like references, yeah, uh, more than more than self uh, repetition. Exactly, like references, subtle references, maybe probably subconsciously uh, as well. Uh, unlike yeah. the song on Book of Souls, which clearly was basically the riff to Wasted Years. Shadows, Shadows of, the of the Valley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, self repetition is to me okay when you've been a band for 30, 40, 50 years. It's fine. Like uh, Hardwired to Self Destruct, uh, Metallica was clearly, I, I think, even consciously. Uh, deriving from previous paths they've been on. Like uh, Lars probably went back to discography and cherry-picked. And I think that's fine. It's not an awesome album. I, I think it would have been better as a single record, maybe 45 minutes instead of a double. Uh, but uh, I'm okay with self-repetition, but obviously it's way cooler if you can stick with self-reference. Yes, exactly. Yes, and that's what they've done here. They've done a lot of self-reference, probably even by accident, but it's... It's definitely yeah. noticeable. The number of different people just messaging me and saying, oh, this song, this reminds me of this, reminds me of that. And people are hearing like from the pieces from the entire discography in this, which is right. crazy. They're like only the good die young in the chorus. 
yeah, for yeah. example, that, that I pulled out now. I, I can clearly hear that vibe. It's a very upbeat chorus yeah, that I, has a lot I of energy. Almost, <laughs> now that you've said oh, it. it's, it's almost a bit power metal, actually. Yeah, uh, you were saying chorus. that, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And uh, that's the kind of um, uh, power metal tinge that I do dig. Then, uh, do you know... Heroic, uh, heroic, you know. Wayne, Wayne from Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast put up a post there. He's like, nice to see people referencing classic Maiden while talking about post-2000s material. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if yeah. he was being smart or whatever, but uh, I was like, uh, well, Brave New World kind of is classic Maiden now. Um, it is, right? Uh, speaking of those age gaps or year gaps, uh, we are now further away from Brave New World than Brave New World was away from self-titled. Yeah, that's mad. But like, it is because... That's Brave New World is almost a nostalgic album to me now. Um, whereas for, for such a long time yeah. it was new, and now it's not new, it's old. And I don't know it's when old. that happened, but it did. So when I hear things that reference Brave New World, it is kind of me to me thinking, oh, that's classic Maiden. Yeah, yeah. I, I played Wicker Man, I played it back after listening to Stratego three times and writing on the wall one time. I played it back and I, I felt very clearly that this band has uh, gone ways since then. Yeah. And I'm not saying any improvement, I love the Wicker Man, but it's definitely a different band now, and I like that. And uh, that's also a main point I had for this song, that to me, it's quite inventive, actually. It has, uh, on the surface level, the Maiden style. They have a bit of the gallop, uh, they have those kind of melodies, but I think they, I don't know if they went out of their way to do something different, but uh, they sure somehow landed in a new sound, I think, which I like. You know? Yeah. Especially for a dinosaur band like Iron Maiden to, to actually come up with a, a new take on what they do. Uh, I dig that, you know. Yeah, and it's not common. Like, for all the criticism they get, at least they're constantly, well, six-year gap and all that, but, like, that wasn't intended to be as long. But they're constantly doing new stuff and releasing new music and trying new things, and that's quite uncommon for a band of their vintage. It's I can't really think of too many other examples. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, what else about this song? It's a good song, I guess. That's just pretty much my... I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna take out the guitar and try and play it, but it's not as riff heavy as Writing on the Wall. It's no, not a guitar no, song. Not nearly as riff heavy. Uh, Writing on the Wall was like so so riff driven that anytime I think of it now, I think of that intro riff. Whereas, right, this is more the melodies I would think of. Um, yeah. Bruce's melodies. I said instantly that in this song, Bruce is my player of the game. You know, the, he's the hero of the match. Uh, I think he does the best uh, delivery in this track. And then yeah. he's mixed low, so that's a bit weird, right? But uh, I really appreciate his vocal delivery on this one. I think it's great. Same here, yeah. And there, there's certain points where he hits a particular word, like I mentioned earlier, where it's just like, you're, 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 you're rooting for him and then he delivers. <laughs> like, yeah. You're saying man of the match is like he scored a goal like a few times right. in the song. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And it works with uh, football nuts like uh, our maiden, so... But I think uh, there's one line, a look in my eyes, or in my eye, uh, either or, that he sings and he almost breaks a bit, which sounds really cool. It sounds really like, it adds a dramatic um, tension to it. Like, look in my eyes, and it's crackling a little bit of that old man uh, voice, yeah. uh, which I, I love it. I love it. I liked when Dio aged too. Some people said that he was losing edge. For me, he was just gaining grit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear a bit more of that as well, actually. I, I quite appreciate that. Um when you hear it. it's it's very authentic yep 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 very cool and it can't be emulated by um, kids or even uh, young old farts like us <laughs> you have to be really old to do that yeah <laughs> i think i think that's about it for the for the impressions on this song uh, anything more nothing really no i was just very satisfied with the song and uh, 
I it's two out of two now, two hits as far as I'm concerned. And I just think it bodes well for the album. Um, and like you said, I haven't tired of listening to it. I've listened to it loads of times and it's yeah. just getting better. So that to me is the sign of uh, an excellent album. If those are the two songs they've chosen to represent it with. And typically the songs they choose initially are actually not the best songs. So if that's the case here, then uh, I yep. think we're on to a winner. I agree with that, uh, but I, I don't want to be as confident as to say that these are also like the lower tier. I think the, these might be the higher tier. Who knows, right? Possibly, possibly. Um, and like maybe the length of Stratego or Stratego, whatever we're calling it, was the reason why they released it as a single. Uh, and same with yeah. Riding on the Wall. They're two of the shorter ones. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it bodes well in general. Just the quality of music is, is high. It's strong. They've set a high bar for themselves. Um, and I think that they will meet that bar with the rest of the album. Obviously, that's a man prediction, but it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's based on evidence because they've given us two songs. We've been doing okay so far with our man predictions. So, uh, <laughs> let's let's just continue on that path. But uh, yeah, I'm very hyped for the album. I guess I'm the most hyped for this album since Brave New World, actually. Well, I didn't get to be hyped for Brave New World because when I became a fan, it was already out. But it was only out two years. Uh, but I was very, very hyped for Dance of Death. And I think maybe this is the most hyped I've been since Dance of Death. Um, cool. Because right. that was the new big new album that was out when, during my time as a fan. And this has felt as exciting as that yeah I, I might have to eat my words on this but i did tell my friend that this could be a better album than Brave New world it's entirely possible but uh, i'm i mean maybe not probably not i don't know i don't know but uh, the possibility is there well that's my favorite of all time so if it is i'll be delighted because uh, it hasn't been displaced by any of the albums that came after it so yeah I agree, we'll I agree. see i suppose yeah and um, in, in terms of this podcast, Made Nate to Z, you will be back uh, fairly soon. We're doing Fear of Dark. Fear it's of Dark, up. yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that one, actually. Yeah, uh, One of my favorite songs. Obviously, fantastic live. And I have a couple of interesting points that I've prepared. Oh, so. Exciting, exciting. And uh, other than that, we do uh, rotation these days as well. So we usually we do it in the beginning, but last episode we forgot to, so we did it in the end. Uh, what have you been listening to lately? Oh God, uh, Iron Maiden, uh, obviously, and um, I've, I've gone back and I've been listening to a bit of Visigoth, which are one of my favourites from um, the like new wave of traditional heavy metal. Like they're one of my mm. top bands. Um, I know this band. Uh, yeah. I think Sarah in Banger TV hypes them a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I, she's I friends with Jake, um, the singer. He was he appeared on one of our episodes. Um, then, Very good, I think. Yeah, uh, I like uh, Oath SC. They're another new wave of traditional heavy metal band. I say, but it's really just a one man band from a guy from scotland uh mm -hmm. they, they get a lot of play um what else uh and a bit of neil young always always neil mm, young always yeah <laughs> yeah that's great uh, i i answered this question the other day so it's still the same i've been on king crimson lately and that's a kind of a tough listen so that takes all of my attention at at the moment oh actually on on that i don't i'm not too familiar with king crimson other than in the court of the king's Crimson King, but I was listening to a good bit of prog recently as well. Um, so I listened to Pineapple Thief at the suggestion of Alejandra. I liked their album, one of their albums. It was it was a few years old, uh, and then I was listening to a bit of Genesis and Marillion as well because I felt I'd been ignoring prog for a while. So um, I, I love my prog, but it's periodical, you know. Uh, same with, same with me, yeah. But I go into a kind of a binge then every so often. I'm like, I have to listen to old Genesis. I have to. Nothing else will mm -hmm. do. Kind of Old Genesis is uh, very, very good and it stands its own ground. It's never really been done by anyone else. No, uh, I think Marillion sound, are you know. close. Um, the Fish albums, obviously the songs yeah. are a lot shorter, although in some some cases they're not. But um, 
But yeah, I think they are kind of, they're out there on their own, pretty much. Indeed. So prog A to Z coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, I, I'm not doing that. That's a mountain uh, too steep to climb. And Feck and Neil as well. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that one, uh, that one. I'm, the, I'm, I'm on the, on the, on the, in the queue for guessing that. Feck and I'm Neil a, is, a, is a possibility. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good choice. Actually, I'm a big fan. That's, that's one of the bands I inherited. You know, uh, The Doors, Beatles, uh, uh, Neil Young from my, from my dad. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to this uh, extra little episode nice to do you know it's very easy to throw these out these days really it's not, it's yeah. not, it's not a just, ton of effort just yeah. sitting here and you're like fancy talking about stratego and i was like yeah let's do it let's do it so we did and uh yeah for you listeners uh, you will have fear on again in i think a couple of weeks should be two weeks or so for fear of the dark it's gonna be a fun one i look forward to it because it's a song i rarely play since it's you know i know it and i might not have to hear it again but uh, doing a pod on it I get to listen to it again with a, a different set of ears, you know, different uh, settings on my ears, you could say, and you know, I'll go into the surgical mode. And I really look forward to that because there's quite a lot of treasure in that song. Very good. All right, uh, I'm saying this as per usual, uh, even though it's a bonus episode, I'm going to give you all a good old skull from the north and up the irons. <laughs>